Okay, so we're up to Daf Memches Amid Aleph. We're up to the two dots. I actually wanted to make one point I saw afterwards that um, Adam had asked me yesterday, and I hadn't looked over the Gemara early enough to, to, to figure it out. We said in yesterday's daf that there were a couple opinions about the defining share Ksus and Ainoa. The last opinion was of Lesben Yaakov, that he says share is flesh, and it's defining the Ksus, meaning what type of clothing you have to give her age-appropriate clothing. And Ainoa is, is time period of the year, and you have to give her clothes that are appropriate. Summer clothes in summer, winter clothes in winter. So Adam asks, so then what about Mazinus? There's no source for it. So I said, okay, this must be the Shita that holds the Mazinus is Derabonon. That's not Tysus. I just I just want to point this out. Tysus says not like that. Tysus says, even this opinion holds that Mazinus is Deraisa, but they learn it out from a Kavachoimer that the Gemara is going to get to in a couple dafim. So even this opinion holds that's Deraisa. So when the Gemara said before that this opinion holds Deraisa, all opinions hold this Deraisa. Okay, fine. Two, two dots. That was yesterday, but now new start. Tanner of Yosef. She'era Zukir of Basar. She'era doesn't mean mezainas, it doesn't mean clothing. What it means is cure of baser. What it's telling you is that when you fulfill the mitzvah, you know, the husband and wife, that, uh, that he has to live with her without clothes on. Uh, because that, that adds to the, 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 the closeness that he has with his wife. That's a requirement of his. That you shouldn't do what the Persians do. That they wear clothing while they are with their wives. That's not appropriate. This backs up If a man refuses to be with his wife unless they're both clothed, we force him to get a divorce because he's going against the requirements of the husband and uh, he has to give a ksuba. Because uh, we see from here that she'era means that it's a requirement. Uh, the bia has to be believe bush. Okay. Review the Imrafina Then the Mishnah said that in Anishabisro, the husband is required to buy, uh, to pay for the funeral uh, of his wife. The husband is required to, even a poor person, uh, he has to buy two flutists and a makainin and a, a eulogizer. Because that was the minimum requirement. So here's the kasha. It's like Rav Yehuda Shita. The question is, if that's, what do the Rabbanon say? It sounds like, like Rav Yehuda is saying like a chiddush. If that's the standard, then every man is required to respect his wife in the standard way possible. If that's not the standard, then why does Rav Yehuda say it? Meaning, it's like, what's the machloikas? Like Rav Yehuda is like, the minimum is this. Everyone agrees that's the minimum. So what's the machloikas? The Gemara says, Mechlal the The implication is that the Tanakama who disagrees with Rav Yehuda holds that you don't have to hire a flutist and a, a eulogizer for the wife's funeral. So the question is, hey, well, what's the case? If this is standard even amongst poor people, then my time at the Tanakama. Then why would the Tanakhama say that he doesn't have to? Everybody feels that you have to maintain the basic dignity of your wife. And if this two flutists and a eulogizer is extravagant, then my time is the Rav Yehuda. Then why would Rav Yehuda require it? It's like, what's going on over here? So the case is like this. The case is where his family, meaning, the answer the Gemara gives is that these uh, flutus and eulogizer is slightly extravagant, so it depends on, uh, you know, the mishpacha. His family's mishpacha comes from enough money that that's standard. Her family does not. 
the Shaila is like this. She is now marrying someone more wealthy. That's basically the case, meaning he was wealthier than she was. So the halacha is that when a man marries a woman who's less wealthy than him, throughout his marriage, he has to keep her up to his standard. Meaning he can't just say, like, I'll give you food for what the trailer park that you came from. He has to keep it to his standard, which is wealthier. The machloikis of Yehud and the Rabbanon is does that requirement continue after he passes, after she passes away? She's no longer alive, so now it's your funeral. Does her funeral have to be to his standard because he's wealthier and his standard is the flutists and the eulogizer? Or do you say, no, when she was alive, you had to treat her with that level. But once she passed away, now it goes back to her family's mishpacha and her family's mishpacha. It wasn't necessary, so I don't have to do it. That's the machloikis of does she elevate to his standard in in finance requirements post-mortem as well. That's the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Tanakama says this concept that that the wife goes up to his standard financially, meaning that if she's poor and he's wealthy, then he has to supply her with his family's wealth level. That's only true when she's alive. But after she passes away, loy. Once she passed away, then she can go back to you. don't need flutists because her family doesn't get that. I, his family does? Well, they're dead. She's dead now. So she goes back to her family's uh, financial level. And Ravida says, no, even Achamisa, you have to, he has to go up to the standard of the husband. The standard of the husband is to supply those things. The wife also gets those things. Okay. And that's the halacha. Okay. Is this where we learn from Bab same, that, 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 so it's no, Staka is a different, it's the same concept, but it's, not, it's a different source. Um, but we're actually going to touch on Staka in, in a moment. Misha Nishtata, if a person uh, becomes insane. So Bezdin Yardin Lenechasav, Bezdin will go into his um, financial state and take money, right? Because he, he, he no longer can, can take care of himself. They'll go into his state. And they'll take money for his wife, his kids, and for Davracher and something else. We'll define what that something else is in a second. But we go into his estate and we take money against his will. I mean, whatever, he's not, you know, he's not mentally here anymore. But we take money for his wife and for his kids. Now the Chiddush is the kids because the halacha is that once the kids hit six years old, you actually don't have to um, financially support them uh, like halachically. We don't coerce you. What? When the kid's six years old. I think it's a Sugi and Kedushin that we have a source. Um, uh, Kedushin, when is that coming up? Uh, it, it's in a while, uh, in about a year. But I will say this though, you should just know Ramosha has a chuva, because it's Negei, a lot of halachas. I think Ramosha has a chuva that in America, where you're legally responsible to them until they're 16, I think, 16 is the age, until they're adults. Because you're legally responsible, then the chiyuv also kicks in. Meaning, that was in the times of the Gemara, where six you could stop. He says in America, where you'll be arrested for child endangerment, then the the chiyuv, uh, go back. Hazal don't want you to treat them any different than the American government wants you to treat them. But, but anyway, so you, you technically don't have to supply them with food after the age of six. Now, it, it's definitely something that you should, but it, it could be negaya like meiser money, like you know you're taking care of aniim. They're not even your requirement. That's why nowadays it's not negaya because Ramosha says it kicks until sixteen. But in the times of the Gemara, if you were p- paying for your kids after six, you could use it for meiser money because it's not a chiv, and they're just poor people that happen to live in your home. That's that's how uh, that's how they used to look at it. So the chiddush over here is that we go into his estate 
and take out money for his kids, which is a chiddush because he didn't have to. But we, we assume that his rotzon would be to want his kids to have food. Okay. And not make them collect money. Why is it that when he's crazy, we go into his estate for his kids also? But we have a Bryce. The Bryce is Misha of a man left to go overseas and he didn't like leave them with money. So there's an estate there, but he didn't like leave them with cash. It's not so far fetched. What? All of a twist. Oh, yeah. Charles had written when? 18th century? The culture was that. Yeah. That, that, that's how the, the, the mili- Near Eastern culture. No, they used it to work. Into, it was into they all worked at like 10. 200 years ago. <laughs> they worked at like 10 years old. So the Gemara says, here's the Kasha though. The Bryce says that if you traveled abroad, then. No, but it, it's a very important. So you cannot necessarily analyze everything you do within the Gemara Malachi. Yeah, of course. So that's the point. That's why halakha is dynamic, and will will change, will develop with. Change. Yeah, of course, that's the point. It's it's hard to look at with the twenty twenty two eyes. So, the Gemara says like this: If a person traveled overseas, and he didn't leave money, the tevas mizaynus, and the wife's like, I need money for food. So bezin yardin nechasa, bezin go into his estate, bezarim mefarnus and his ishtay, and they'll take money out for the wife. Avaloi but not for the kids. And now for the third thing that we'll uh, imagine, the question mark thing that we'll analyze in a second. So why is it that when he's crazy, we'll go into a state for his kids? But when he leaves, we don't go into a state for kids. Meaning, if the father, is if is the son of the father for the kids to have money? If it is, then you should always go into the state for the kids. If the son of the father is not, then you shouldn't. What's the difference? If he's crazy, then we'll go in. But if he leaves, what's the difference? So the command answer is very simple. There's a difference. When he's crazy, we don't know what he wants. So we're just going to assume he would want his kids to be taken care of. Over here, he left. He went overseas. If he wanted them to be taken care of, he would have left them money. He went Barotzon. So we assume the fact that, like, that's an omission. As opposed to a guy going crazy. It's not an omission. He has no Das. The point is over here, because he left with Das, we assume that his not taking care of his kids was was a... Uh, um, a conscientious decision, and therefore we're not going to go into his estate for him. I, he also left his wife. The answer is, I guess over there he knew Bezin would just go in because he knew that that's a chiv. But he, it's not a chiv. No. That's the point. For the kids, it's not a chiv. So I guess he knew with his wife, he's like, okay, he'll, she'll just go to Bezin, she'll get the money. But the kids, not necessarily. And then the question is, is his rotson? The answer is, if his rotson was for them to have money, he would have given the money. Now, we said that when the guy's crazy, he would go into his estate for his wife, his kids, and Dover Acher. What's Dover Acher? My Dover Acher. Amar uh, It's uh, jewelry. Meaning, not only we go into his estate for his wife uh, to have food, we'll also go in to buy her jewelry at the appropriate times of the year. Because we assume that his Ratzon is for his wife to look like a, like every other woman, and that's like yamtif. If they all get jewelry, she should also get jewelry. That's the first shot. Rav Yosef Amar Tzedakah. Rav Yosef says it's Tzedakah, right? Tzedakah is not what we have nowadays. Nowadays, is a poor person walks past. You give him Tzedakah, you get an organization, of course, that that, that, that asks for money. Yeah. Times of the Gemara, they had they had uh, taxes. The city would tax him. It would be a pool of money, and then all the poor people would just go to the go to the kupa, kupa de ear. So. The question is, do we go into the estate of the crazy person to take money for the tzedakah of the city? 
That, Rav Yosef says, is what we do. So the first opinion is what we do is we go in to take out jewelry. Rav Yosef says, no, we go in to take out tzedakah. Which is a bigger chiddush? The tzedakah, because the tzedakah, it's like, does he want to give tzedakah? It depends on how much of a nice person he is. The wife wearing jewelry, it could be that he wants that for selfish reasons, because he doesn't want his family to look you know, subpar. So the tzedakah is, is a much more poshit. The chiddush, the chiddush is tzedakah. The, the tachshit is more, is more poshit. So the Gemara speaks it out. The Gemara says, Man da The chiddush is the tzedakah because the one who says tachshit is pretty poshit because we assume that a person would not want his wife to look, you know, poorer than everyone else. He would want, if he has an estate, he would want the estate to be used to upkeep the, the family image that he built. Okay. Amra Rav Chia Bar Avin Amra Rav Huna. Why is the Gemara saying Dala Acher? Why is it being so ambiguous? It could be that originally in the Bryce, so that those words were missing. We knew there was something there, but we just didn't know. Because usually Dabra Acher is actually a euphemism for something we don't want to talk about, either relations or or pork <laughs> or Avodazara. Those are the three. So this is interesting. I, I assume there was a, probably a problem with the text of the Bryce, and that we just don't know what. That we knew it was something. It was Dabra Acher. We just knew it was something. We just didn't know what. Amra Rav Chia Bar Avin Amra Rav Huna. If a person travels overseas, and uh, and he dies, Umesa Ishtai, and the wife dies while he's overseas. So Bezin will go into his estate to pay for the funeral. Based on the level of honor of his family. So the Gemara says, What about her family? Meaning what if his fa- it sounds like according to his family, what if her family is wealthy that he has to so, so it, it can't just be his family, it's, it's her family as well. It means for both. Meaning, whichever is wealthier, we make the nicer funeral. Whether it's his family or her family. What's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is that we had this before, which is, if he's wealthier than her, after she passes away, does the funeral go by her family or his family? We had a Machlokas before. This is a Raya that we go based on his family, that, 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 that we have the higher standard even post-mortem. The Gemara last point before we get to the Mishnah. Amrav Masna Imesa Right before the guy dies on his deathbed, he says, uh, when I die and my estate is there and my wife dies after me, I don't want you paying for her funeral. That's the last thing he says. It's very sweet. That's the last thing he says is I don't want you paying for the funeral. The halach is Shaimilai, we listen to him. Usually, if someone says something on their deathbed, we listen to them, so we listen to them. Here's the kasha. The kasha is, the halacha is that when a husband dies before the wife, the wife collects the ksuba, right? Once she collects the ksuba, we don't have to pay for her funeral because we assume the ksuba will cover the funeral. So why is it that like, oh, because he said on his deathbed, then you don't pay for the funeral. You never pay for her funeral when he dies first because the ksuba covers the funeral. You never go into his estate to cover the funeral. So it's like, it's like, because he said first, forget about it. Even if he didn't say first, we still wouldn't go into her, his estate. That's the halacha. Though that's only when he's alive. When he dies and then she dies, you never. Pay, he doesn't have to pay for the funeral because his ksuba covered it. When he dies, she gets the ksuba. We assume that that's, and she's good. He's done. So the point is, um, all the requirements are, are only when, when um, uh, uh, the, the requirements for food continues and for board continues, but not kfura. Funeral, the Mishnah finds later on, that's covered by the Ksuba. So the question is, is that we actually had that yesterday, right? Kvasa tachas Ksuvasa. The Kvura tachas Ksuva. So the point is, why is it you're telling me that he doesn't pay he doesn't pay for the funeral because 
he said on his deathbed. And if he didn't say on his deathbed, he still wouldn't pay for the funeral. If he dies first, and then she collects the scuba, you don't pay for the funeral when she dies. So the Gemara says, even if she didn't say anything, it would be the same halacha. So Gemara says, you're right, that what was said was not, we thought it was that on his deathbed he said, don't pay for my wife's funeral. That's not what he said. What happened was, on his deathbed he said, I don't want you to pay for my funeral. Meaning, where you get the money from? Go to the coop out of ear. Can't do that. Meaning he wants to say to himself like this, why should my family pay for my funeral? I'll just tell them not to pay. I'll be a poor person. They'll go to the coup here. they'll say this is a person in the neighborhood who has no one to pay for the funeral. And then and, and they'll pay for it. No, no, no. Ain't Sharmila, you don't listen, why? It's not fair for you to make your family wealthy and to make the tzibur cover for you. That's not right. Okay. Mishnah. The halacha is like this. hu b'rshus ha'av. The girl is always, until she's 12 and a half, is always in the domain of the father. Go to the next page. Until she enters the Rishus meaning Chopah. Meaning even after the Kedushan, she's still in the father's domain for requirements until she enters the Chopah. Then when she enters the Chopah, husband. Another way that the husband can... So if I were to ask you, when does the husband take over halachically? When she enters the Chopah. But the truth is, there's another way to do that, and that's before the chuppah, and that's if the husband gives her over to the messengers of the Baal. Meaning, let's say a couple days before the wedding, the husband's messengers show up, and they're like, here, like, like Eliezer taking Rivka. We're here to take her to the, to the new house, to the new estate, to the wedding planning, and all that stuff. Once she's handed over to either the husband, to the husband's messengers, that's it. That's like entering the chuppah. And we'll see that she's already, now she's, she's not married, obviously, she has a chuppah, but she's, the responsibilities of the father end. And that's the husband's responsibilities. Maser ha'av l'shluchi ha'bal, if the father gave over the daughter to the messengers of the husband, ha'rehi b'shus she's now in the rishus ha'bal. Or halach ha'av m'shluchi ha'bal, but if, let's say, he didn't give her over, he went with them, so the father is escorting the daughter, or the father sent messengers with the daughters, with the husband's messengers, she's still in the in the She's still in the domain of the father. It's only when she is sent alone with the husband or with the husband's messengers. Once the messengers of the father hand her over to the messengers of the of the of the husband and they leave, she's now in the domain of the husband. So the way she enters the domain of the husband is is uh, either entering the chuppah, or now we're saying this new thing, which is, she's given over to the messengers. So the question is like, so before we get to the messenger part, the Mishnah started off by saying, Le'olam, Hebrew Shusa'av. She is always in the domain of the husband, of, of the father. What was Le'olam? <clears throat> Meaning, until she enters the chuppah, Le'olam. What's Le'olam? Le'olam is adding what? My Le'olam, Lafukim Mishnah Rishona. This is disagreeing with the Mishnah that we had in Daf Be'ezim at Aleph. We had this in Daf Beis, that they would get, they would get, have Kedushan and then do Nisuin a year later. If a year later goes by and he postpones the wedding, or the wedding doesn't take place, remember the first, the first Daf, he's sick, she's sick, you know, the whole thing. The halacha is, he, the husband has to now support her financially, and if, if the husband is a Kayin, she could eat Truma. 
Our Mishnah disagrees with that. La'olam, no, she is always in the father's domain until she enters the chuppah. I don't care that a year passed and there was a postponement to the wedding. La'olam, not like that. She is in the father's domain. She does not eat truma. She does not. She does not enter the husband's domain until the chuppah. No postponement. So this Mishnah is disagreeing with that Mishnah. Okay, fine. Now, so here's the Shiloh. The Shiloh is like this. We're saying right now, if you enter the chuppah, <coughs> that's Legamri. She's now in the rishus of the husband, Legamri. But then the Mishnah said, if you give her over to the messengers of the husband, that's also. Is there any discrepancy? I mean, is there any difference between entering the chuppah or giving her over to the messengers of the husband? Is she the same? Completely in the domain of the husband. Yeah, she's in the domain of the husband. Let's say for like Yerusha purposes, that if she were to die, he were to get it, or you know. But but is there anything where she's not in the domain of the husband until she enters the chuppah? So let's say a week before the chuppah, he handed her over to the messengers. So is there any like? Are they? Is she not in the domain in any regard? So the Gemara says, Amarav Misirasa Rav says when you give her over to the messengers of the husband. She is in the domain of the husband halachically for everything except for truma. Rav Asi Amar truma. But Rav Asi says no, even for truma. Meaning, if her husband is a kayan, future husband's a kayan, she is the machlekes whether she could eat truma. What's the machlekes about? It's very simple. Minatayra after kedushin, she should be able to eat truma. Right? She's married. Why is that we don't let her until nisuin? It's the machlekes. Two opinions. One is we're afraid that the marriage will be annulled. In which case, she'll have eaten truma retroset. Okay. Now, if that's the case, that's a problem if you're also, you give over to the messengers, we're still afraid of annulment. They didn't enter the chuppah yet. That's why Rav says you can't eat truma. Rav Asi feels the issue with truma after Kedushin is not we're a fear of annulment. It's that we're afraid, where does she live after Kedushin? She still lives at her house. So he's going to deliver her truma. She's going to be eating truma at her house with Yisraelim around her brothers and her dad, and she's going to share. If that's the concern, once she's given over to the messengers, she's no longer in a Yisrael house, she's in a Kohen house, it should be fine. So the Machloikis, Rav and Ravasi, whether she could eat Truma is contingent on what's the concern and whether that concern still continues. Now, here's the problem. Ravasi says that she could even eat Truma after she's given over. Here's the problem. But didn't the Mishnah say that she is in the husband's, in the father's domain until she enters the chuppah? Which implies that even after giving her over, she's still not there entirely, meaning there's something missing. Is it not truma? I mean, Ravasi is saying that even when you, when you give over the wife, and she, she's given over to the messengers, even regarding truma, she's, she's in the husband's domain. The problem is that's not the flow of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says she is in the father's domain entirely until the chuppah, and when you give her over... She enters the husband's domain, but the implication is there's something that she's not there yet. And the implication is that that's truma. So what, what's the so what's the story? So it, it, it sounds like from the Mishra, she cannot eat truma until she enters the chuppah. Ravasi says she could. So what's going on? So the Gemara says, Rav, I told you, be careful with this Mishnah. I can answer you. You know what the answer is? What's your kasha? The kasha is, it says in the Mishnah, she's in the father's domain until she enters the chuppah. The implication is that until she enters the chuppah, she can't eat truma. But you're telling me that when you give her over to the husband's messengers, she could eat truma. So what's the answer? The answer is, giving her over to the husband's messengers is entering the chuppah halachically. Meaning, that's what it means. 
She's in the, husband, the father's domain until she enters the chuppah. What's entering the chuppah? Either entering the chuppah or halachically giving her over is the same thing. So in both cases, the, the answer is she could eat truma when she's given over to the messengers or when she enters the chuppah. That's, that's what the Mishnah means. That's the first answer. Shmuel Omar. So now Shmuel Rishlakish. Shmuel and Rishlakish are going to give other answers. And that is, again, the question is, Rav Asi is saying that when you give her over to the messengers, she's entirely married, even for truma. So the question is, but didn't the Mishnah say that she's only fully married when she enters the chuppah? Which implies that giving over the messengers, there's something missing. So what's that something missing? We thought it was truma, but you're saying, no, even for truma, she's fully in the husband's domain. So what's missing? So the Gemara at first said, nothing. Entering the chuppah and giving over to the husband are synonymous. Shmuel has a different answer. Li'irushasa. Shmuel says, you know what it is? For truma, giving her over to the husband, that's enough. She could eat truma. I, the mission implies that she's not fully married until she enters the chuppah. The answer is Yerusha. Meaning, if you give her over to the husband's messengers, she could eat truma. What if she dies before the chuppah? You don't get her inheritance. If you enter the chuppah, you get her inheritance. So the, the, for truma, there's no discrepancy. The discrepancy is inheritance. Okay. Rishlokish Rishlokish says it's regarding the ksuba. The discrepancy is the ksuba. The Gemara says ksuba mahi. What do you mean? Imesa yarisla. It means inheritance, right? Ksuba. Or she collects the ksuba. What, is, what does it mean? There's a discrepancy for the ksuba. What do you mean? The answer is if she dies, who gets the inheritance? But that's the exact same thing as Shmuel. The answer is Hanish Shmuel. I'm Ravina loy miksuvasa miachar mana. You know what the answer is? If you give her over to the husband's messengers, and then and then the husband dies and she remarries. What's uh, what ksuba does she get? After a woman has kedushin, and then the husband dies, her ksuba is, in the future marriages is still two hundred because she's still a basula. She was never fully married. Once she enters the chuppah, even if she never had bia, it goes down to one hundred because she was fully married already. The chiddush of the mishnah is the the the, 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 uh, the, the, the mishnah's discrepancy is giving over to the husband is not enough to knock her down to one hundred. Okay. And they interpret the mission. No, giving her over to the husband is entirely everything, even for truma. So there's a machloikis. If you give her over um, to the husband, can she eat truma if the future husband is a kain? Or does it have to wait till she enters the chuppah? It's a couple opinions over here. So here's the kasha. Um, yeah, kasha is like this. Meisve. Holach ha'av im the Brisa says like this, if the father went with the messengers of the husband, so if you remember, if the father goes, then she's not given over entirely. She's only, only given over entirely if she's on her own. If the father goes, or the father's messengers go with her, that's the first two cases. So both those cases, she is not fully, she is not given over to the husband yet. Or a third case, so it's not so kosher, but the, the fiancé, right, they had condition already, they're traveling together, they're going to a wedding, and then all of a sudden, you know, the car breaks down, and they just have to go into an inn for a night. Now, together. It's also, it's also kosher, but whatever, that's what they do. Now, they're not doing this because they want to move in together. They're staying in one of her houses just for the night. The halacha is, they're not fully married. It's not like they enter the house like... Like, like if they enter the house together to be married, that's, that's their chuppah. No, they, they were just going for, you know, because they were stuck on the road. They enter her house... 
She had a house on the road, and they just stayed the night, not for Nisuin, just for sleeping. Even though the Ksuba is in the, the house of the husband, meaning all the property is already by the husband's house because they just brought it there early, she's still in the father's domain, and if, and if she dies, the father gets the inheritance. But, if she's given over to the messengers. So now she's given over already. Or he has a house on the road, and they went into the house for the sake of Nisuin. So then, all of a sudden, right, she's given over. She's now in the husband's domain. So if, if she were to die, the husband gets the inheritance. Now this is only true that giving over to the husband. Is full Mesira regarding Yerusha, Avul Ksuvasa, Avul Latruma, in Isha, Echels, but Truma, she took on his But for Truma, she does not eat Truma until she enters the Chopa. What do you see? This is a rejection of almost all the opinions before, right? You had Rav Asi who said she could eat Truma, he's out. Rav Yechon, Rav Chanania, they said, you're out. Uh, Levi also said that it's, 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 it's for Truma, it's enough, but it's not enough for Yerusha, he's out. Tiyufta, Lakulu, Tiyufta. It's a rejection of everybody. Because this Brysa clearly states you cannot eat Truma until you enter the Chuppah, which is not like all the opinions that we just quoted. Okay. Now, just to finish up the Da'af very quickly, um, the Gemara just had a contradiction. The first part of the Brysa said that you entered her house not for the sake of marriage, for the sake of just sleeping over, not a Mesirah. You entered his house, the second part of the verse, you entered his house for the sake of Nisuin, it is a marriage. The question is, what if what, what is the standard? Right? What, what, what if you don't have Das? Right? The first part of the Brysa says, you entered her house not for the sake of Nisuin, just for the sake of sleeping. That implies that when you enter a house without any thought, it's not for the sake of marriage. But then the end one is, if you entered his house for the sake of marriage, that sounds like when you enter the house. Meaning, what is the, what is the stam das when the couple enters a house to sleep over? So the first one says, well, they just went in to sleep, not to live. The second one is like, well, they went in to live, not to sleep. Like, what, what's, the, what's the difference? Like, what, why is it that, like, in the first part, we assume the stam das is just to sleep, and in the second part, we assume the stam das is to live together? Like, what, why... It just what they said that like they wrote it somewhere like what, where are we coming from that we're just assuming this? The Gemara says Hagufakash. I don't understand. The first part of the rice is they went in just to sleep. Time of the lalin hastama. If they didn't express that they were just going to sleep and, and they just walked in their stam, what would you say? You would say l'shem nesuin, right? It's a contradiction in what the stam is, right? This couple walks in, in the first part and they're like, hey, we're just going here to sleep. Okay, they're not married. But if they didn't say anything, we would say marriage. But the second price is second brother said they say we're going in to we're going in to be a married couple. So they're married. And if they didn't say anything, we would say, ah, it's just to sleep. So like what's the stam? Is the stam to sleep or is the stam marriage? So what's going on? You know what the answer is? The answer is the stam depends on whose house it is. If you notice the first part of the Bryce, it's her house. The second part of the Bryce, it's his house. They, they're not planning into moving into her apartment after they get married. They're planning into moving to his apartment. So the Stam Das, when you enter her house for the night, Stam Das is you're not planning on living there. Now, if you say you're moving into her apartment, okay, it's it's not the norm, but it's possible. But when you're going to his house, one of his houses, which is what it's going to be anyway after they get married, then the Stam Das is to get married. So the Stam depends on who owns the house. 
The Gemara answers, Amrabashi stam stamakatani, stam chatzadidalolin, stam chatzadidalinasuin. It just depends on who owns it. Okay, last point before we stop. We had this on Shabbos, the Dafim on Shabbos, that if a woman commits adultery after Kedushin, she gets stoned. If she commits adultery after Nesuin, she gets Chanak. Here's the Shailah. You gave her over to the husband's messengers. You gave her over to the husband's messengers before the wedding, and then she commits adultery. So does she get Chanak because we said giving her over is like a Chuppah, so it's like she committed adultery after the Chuppah? Or do we say, no, technically the Chuppah didn't take place. She's still in Erisa, and then in Nairimerasa gets Skila. So do you give her Skila or do you give her Chanak? It's very important because um, we always try to give the more appropriate uh, death penalty because obviously if someone needs the worst one, then that's the Kapara that they need. However, you don't want to give someone a worse death than the... I mean, I, you'd always rather err on the side of, of lesser death because the pain and embarrassment, it's, it's too much unless they really need it. Meaning rather than get a lesser death, then and, and deal with like the they didn't get a full kapara, then to give them a worse death than they actually needed. And they go down in the history books of someone getting skila when they actually need it. So the Shiloh over here is do you give skila chenek? And I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself out loud that if you're not really sure, you're always going to go chenek. That's the general rule. So the Gemara says, Maser if you gave her over to the husband's messengers, the Zinsa, and then she committed adultery, here's a chenek. Chenek, meaning giving her over to the messengers is like the chuba. Even though she didn't have a chuppah yet, and even though she didn't live with her husband yet, still she is no longer Erisa for guarding death penalty and she gets chanak. How do I know this? What's the source? The Pasuk tells us the Chiddush of Nara Merasa, right? The Pasuk tells you that if a girl committed adultery after Kedushin, she gets skila. The Pasuk describes it as Liznos base Avia, that she committed adultery in the father's house, because that's where she was living before Nisuin. Prat the Pasuk is saying you only give her skila when she's still in the father's house. The second the father, the second she's given over to the messengers, she no longer gets skila and she gets chanak. That basically makes it more so that, that she's kind of desecrating both houses? Like, per, per, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Maybe that's the time of the crow. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Pasuk is exerius akasiv, but if you'd have to give a reason, that would probably be a good one. So the Gemara says, okay, so we're saying Liznos Beisavia, which excludes the case where she's given over to the father's messenger. So the Gemara says, maybe that's not what the Pasuk means. Maybe no. Maybe giving over to the messenger, she still gets Skila. I, the Pasuk implies that someone gets Chanek. Maybe she gets Chanek if she enters the Chuppah, but she didn't live with her husband. Meaning, she enters the Chuppah and lived with her husband, then commits adultery. Chanek for sure. But we know there's one other case that also gets chanek, because the Pasuk is saying, this one gets skila as opposed to something else. So we're saying, well, when does she get chanek? She gets chanek if she was given over to the messengers. Even though she ain't into the yet, she's already had the chuppah, conceptually. So the says, maybe no. Maybe if giving over to the messengers, you still get skila. When do you get chanek? If you had the chuppah, but you didn't live with your... Didn't live. Meaning, entering the chuppah is what you need to get chanek, even if you didn't live with her. But if you didn't enter the chuppah, you don't get chanek. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the psak. Meaning, how do you know that the Pasuk, which is saying you get Chanak, is talking about a case where you gave over to the messengers before Chuppah. Maybe it's talking about after the Chuppah, but you didn't live with her. The answer is, I already know that. Giving over to the Chuppah and not living with the wife, I already know she gets Chanak from a different drasha. Therefore, this drasha must be going even before that. Giving over to the messengers already gets Chanak. The Gemara says, Amar Rabba, Amar Li, 
I mean, I already know that entering the chuppah, even if he didn't live with the wife, is enough to, to change from skila to chenek. Why? Because it says, The Pasuk says you get skila if she's a naira, besula, moirasa. So it's naira, 12 to 12 and a half, besula, she was a virgin, and moirasa, kedushin and not nasuin. So we, we darshan of naira, v'lebigeras. You only give her skila if she committed adultery as a naira, not if she committed adultery when she was past 12 and a half. Besula, v'lebeula, Besula is you only commit adultery, you only give her the skila if she committed adultery when she's a besula, not a beula. And moirasa v'le nesua. And Erison excludes nesuin, which is post chopa. My nesua, well, what, now, what does that mean? If it's talking about a case where she had the chopa, right? The Pasuk is saying, if she's a beula out, if she's a bogeris out, and if she already had the chopa out. Now, the case of the chopa, if it's the standard wedding case, which is, has the chopa, lives with her husband, and then commits adultery, then that's already out because she's a ba'ula. So what does it tell you? It means that she committed adultery after the chuppah as a basula. What's the case? She had the chuppah, and then before she lived with her husband, so that's already excluded from there. So I already know that it's chanek from there, which means the other pasuk, which is Liznos Beisavia, that another one gets chanek, that must be talking about even before that, which is given over to the given over to the messengers of the husband. Gemara says, Okay, so that's that's the Gemara's conclusion, and we'll uh, we'll pick it up tomorrow. We'll we'll review this last little bit tomorrow before we go by. Good question. So.